Acts chapter 18, starting in verse 1. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, Your blood will be on your own heads. I am innocent of it. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. Then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titus Justus, a worshiper of God. Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one is going to attack you and harm you, because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. While Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews of Corinth made a united attack on Paul and brought him to the place of judgment. This man, they charged, is persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. Just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to them, If you Jews were making complaint about some misdemeanor or serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But since it involves questions about words and names of your own law, settle the, matters yourse settle the matter yourselves. I will not be a judge of such things. So he drove them off. Then the crowd there turned on Sosthenes, the synagogue leader, and beat him in front of the proconsul. And Gallio showed no concern, whatever. The word of the Lord. I want to play a little uh, kind of word game. You know when you play a, one of those games where someone says a word and you think of like the first thing that pops into your mind? I'm curious, what, what comes into your mind when I say the word missionary? Anyone? Like what do you think of? What sort of images? What's that? Oh man, this is not a good game with masks on. Foreign country. Okay. Anything else? What other things pop into your mind? Adoniram Judson. Mission to Burma. What else? Foreign countries and Adoniram Judson. Anything else? Missionary. Missions. Missionaries. Teaching of God. Anything else pop into your mind? Just helping people. Helping people. That's good. These are all good kind of illustrations, images. I don't know, this should not be this far. Is there a title slide? Otherwise, just take it down if there's no title slide. Just go all the way back to the beginning, thanks. Keep going, no? Okay, well, <laughs> just take down the slides for now until we can get the first slide up. Uh, all right, so missions, missionaries. Uh, so one of the things I think of when I hear the word missionary is I think of two young men showing up at my door wearing blue khakis, white shirts and ties, <laughs> and wearing the, like the lapels like Elder Tim, Elder Rob. Uh, I think of Mormon missionaries, actually. I mean, I also think of like all the Christian stuff, but I, th I do think of Mormon missionaries. Uh, you know, I think there are a lot of images that people get when they think about missions and missionaries. And, 
And if you were outside the church, right, if you didn't call yourself a Christian and you didn't kind of grow up within Christian circles, you might have a very different conception of what a missionary is. So for me, it helps to kind of think of like, oh, Mormon missionaries, right? Uh, I remember one time I went to the, the, the Mormon website and uh, I, I, I clicked on like the, the fill out a form to get a, a Mormon Bible because I just wanted to check it out, read it, see what it was about. And uh, I filled out the form, I hit submit, and they said, some missionaries will be by to give you a Bible. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I thought they were going to mail it to me. Uh, but actually, it ended in like really interesting conversations uh, with uh, three three young men about what is the gospel, and they just hadn't heard that like the gospel is this story of like Christ paying for your sins and then you receiving like Christ's holiness. They, they'd never heard that, so it was kind of this switcheroo where like they were coming to be missionaries to me, and I got to be a missionary to them. Now, of course, it comes down to how do you define like what a missionary is. What is uh, missions? Maybe you've been on a few missions trips. Anyone here been on a missions trip just by show of hands? Okay. All right. A lot of people have. You know, maybe you've been to Haiti, France. I've been to France a couple times. When I was younger, I went to Argentina, Catamarca, and Santiago del Estero. We did this like uh, evangelism skit where I was, I was actually kind of the main character. It was all mimes. I did not have my face painted white and like my, my gloves or anything like that, but it was just a miming thing. And I was this character who went and tried like partying and wealth and education and none of those things satisfied me. And then I met Christ and that, that satisfied me and brought me healing. Uh, so that was kind of cool. That was a way to do missions. I once did a missions trip to Nebraska. Uh, I didn't know if you knew that was a thing, uh, but I went with our, our youth team and we washed dishes for a week at a high school camp. So... We wash dishes for high schoolers. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so I've been on a few, and maybe you've been on some. You can think of them. And I remember when I went to that missions trip uh, in Argentina, I told my boss about it. And uh, she's Jewish and not a believer. And she just was like, she just, her reaction was more of what I imagine the world's reaction is, can be like. Like, why are you doing that? Like, uh, proselytism isn't a good thing where you try to convert other people to your religion. That's imperialist, colonialist. And, uh, you know, I don't agree with her, but I think that's a perception that our world sometimes has about things like missions and missionaries. And actually, I talk with, you know, like some of our neighbors and, you know, uh, like our Catholic neighbors, they're still familiar with the concept of missions and missionaries, going on trips, maybe it's doing service. I went to one in Mexico where we helped, we didn't build the house, but I think we did some repairs on a house. Uh, and yet, I think a lot of people, especially my generation, what I would call millennials, Christian millennials, have trouble with this. So, are you able to pull up the slides with the, the three bullet points with like the 96%, the 94%, the 47%? Because according to Barna, yeah, there you go, 96% of Christian millennials agree that part of my faith means being a witness about Christ. Well, that's good. I should be a witness for Christ. Then 94% of Christian millennials agree that the best thing that could ever happen to someone is for them to know, to come to know Jesus. That's also good. We want to share Christ. But here's the kicker. 47% of Christian millennials agree with this statement. It is wrong to share one's personal beliefs with someone of a different faith in hopes that they will one day share the same faith. 
So there's some tension there, isn't there? <laughs> like, it's good for people to know Jesus. That's the best thing that can happen to them. But it's wrong for me to share my faith with you in hopes of converting you to my faith. That's very interesting. Maybe some of you feel this way. I'm not here to judge you today. I'm just here to kind of talk about what the Bible has to say. Because I think the Bible does speak to this concept of mission, missions, and missionaries. And, I, I, you know, I hope that this doesn't come across as beating a, a drum, but, like, we, you know, we talk a lot about front lines. We've been talking about, like, going out on mission, but I don't know if we've actually talked all that much about, like, missions work. Uh, and we support a lot of different missionaries, right? We support Thierry in France. We support uh, the orphanage in Haiti, and we're going to be leading another trip there this October, which is very exciting. Uh, and so we care about these things, but maybe you're wrestling, and maybe you're watching online, and you're wrestling. And so I want to talk about where the concept of mission, missions, and missionaries comes from. And I believe the concept comes from God himself. So there's a slide, number five, it says, our God is a God of mission. Can you pull that one up, Julia? Our God is a God of mission. And so mission is actually rooted in the heart of God himself. Uh, See, there's something about God's character that mission actually flows out of who he is. And we see this like in the grand story of the Bible that people are the ones that go away from God. And God is the one who goes after people. And God uses other people to go after lost people. And we see this actually in, the, in kind of the great father of the Israelite people, Abraham. So Genesis 12, 2 through 3, see if we can pull that up, thank you, perfect, says this. Uh, so this is God's promise to Abraham. He says, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and if that was it, it would be just like, well, great. <laughs> Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the Jewish people, they're going to be awesome. They're going to be big. They're going to be huge. But there's a purpose in it. It says, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So this tells us that God cares about the lost. God cares about using and working through people as early as the nation of Israel and it's like it's Genesis form cares about working through them to bless all nations and we see this like this theme comes up again and again and again in the Old Testament the prophet Isaiah says this this is just half a verse but it says this I says I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth we thought about naming ourselves Lighthouse Church. That didn't happen. It might have been a little confusing because we're not near the water. But certainly biblical. <laughs> certainly, certainly biblical. Right? As a church, as the people of God, we're to be a lighthouse to the nations, to the world. And God wants all of his people to be a kind of lighthouse. So our God is a God of mission. It's in his being. It's in his character. And that means this, missions, plural, flows out of mission, singular. Missions, plural, flows out of mission, singular. The reason we as believers share about Christ in the hopes of others coming to faith in Christ is because God wants to reconcile all people. God's on a mission. 
to reconcile people to himself. And he likes to work through us. You might remember this slide, the Missio Dei. This is what this is called in Latin. You guys didn't know you were going to be learning Latin today. The Missio Dei, the mission of God. This is kind of like one of those like image of God concepts. The mission of God, that God is a God who sends, the sending of God. God wants his people, he sends his people out into the world to accomplish his mission. And that's why we're called missionaries. <laughs> we find the Missio Dei, the mission of God, in the Gospels and in Acts. Some of you might be familiar with this passage, Matthew 28. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is Jesus telling his 12 disciples, telling all disciples, all followers of Christ, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And I like that. You know, it doesn't say go out and make converts. It says make disciples. A disciple is someone who follows Jesus. In other words, go out and help other people follow Christ. Teach them about Christ. Help them follow Christ. Can't force anyone to follow Christ. <laughs> We're not in the business of forced conversion. We're just in the business of making disciples. And this is where we get kind of the motivation for something like church planting. And then in Luke, so we look at Luke. Luke 24, 46 through 47 says this, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Right, so it was right for me and our, our youth team to go down to Argentina and to, to do a little play in public squares and public centers about finding salvation in Jesus Christ. It's right for us as a church community to go to the center of Westford, the town common, and to preach repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Because Jesus said it's going to be proclaimed in my name to all nations. And so that's what we're doing. <laughs> we're following the mission of God. How about John? You notice I'm skipping Mark. If you wonder why I'm skipping Mark, ask my wife. Uh, John 20, 21 says this. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. God sent me to you, and I'm going to send you out, out there. Like, think about that for a moment, that like, Jesus, the Son of God, was sent to us. <laughs> right? So if, you, if you're questioning, is God a missionary God? Well, it's like, yeah, Jesus is a missionary. Jesus is like the first missionary. <laughs> He stepped down out of eternity, out of perfection, out of heaven, and into our world. He's like the most cross-cultural missionary there ever was. That's Jesus. He was willing to learn your language, my language. He was willing to, to walk among us, to bear our flesh, to embody God's presence in a culture that was turning from him. Jesus is a missionary, and he sends. He sends us. You guys remember the book of Acts, right? How about this? Book of Acts. Jesus is saying this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses, my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
And then as we read the, the book of Acts, we watch this narrative spread, this gospel message spread as mission starts in Jerusalem and missionaries spread out from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all the way to Corinth, where we are today, and by the end of the book of Acts to Rome. The Missio Dei, the mission of God, is unstoppable because God is the one who is driving it forward. It's rooted in who He is. And I believe this. I believe that if God exudes mission from His very character, you and I will have a heart for mission too. Right? Because if we're loving Jesus, the first missionary, <laughs> we're loving God, who is a God of mission, we're going to receive what He's given. <laughs> and we're going to want to share Him with others. A God of mission creates people of mission. There was two gentlemen sitting next to each other on an airplane. And they turned to each other and began to strike up a conversation and to talk. And pretty soon it became apparent that both of them loved Jesus and wanted to share Jesus with the other. One of them's Mark Pender, <laughs> and the other one's Rob Cooper. She told me this as I was talking to him on the phone this week. He's like, the reason we met is because God put two people next to each other that were willing to engage in conversation that wanted to tell the other about Jesus. Isn't that cool? <laughs> and now he's going to come preach at Cornerstone in a couple weeks. And apparently I'd actually met Rob Cooper at Charlie and, uh, and Becca's wedding a couple years ago. I just didn't remember him. God puts a heart of mission into his people. And so when we as a church say, hey, we're going to invest in our community, we're going to invest in living waters, we're going to invest in like the house next door, we're going to invest in uh, Haiti, we're going to invest in France, uh, we're going to invest in uh, the Vision New England prison ministry and the, uh, the Veer Institute frontline ministry. Uh, is there anyone I'm missing? When we invest in these places, it's because we're following God's heart. Because He is a God of mission. He's a God who cares. And as we look kind of to today's passage, we're going to find in these words this mission. And that God, uh, part of the, the mission today is that God is a God who goes before us. Let me go back one slide. He is the God who goes before us. Paul actually says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3, he says that he was like, he came to Corinth in fear and trembling. <laughs> like, like we, when we think of Paul, we think of like that fiery preacher who just didn't mind what other people thought, like very self-differentiated, very good boundaries, you know, just preaching the gospel, sticks and stones, don't break his bones, <laughs> literally. But it says he was afraid. Corinth was like uh, the Las Vegas of the ancient world. It was where you went to party, to 
have fun, to make bad choices. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, he had just arrived there from Athens. Here's a map. Sometimes it kind of helps to ground things. This trading city. And he comes and he's afraid. He needs to be encouraged. And it's interesting that God kind of aligns his people to converge on Corinth. So maybe you were there in Christian Ed this morning. They were talking about Priscilla. Monica talked about Priscilla and Aquila, this couple that, for whatever reason, like God allowed it so that they would be cast out of Rome because the early Christians were cast out of Rome. God was going before Paul to get Corinth ready. He was kind of like, you know, I don't think God treats us like chess pieces, but imagine, you know, a chessboard, right? He's moving the pieces into place because he's actually going before Paul to get Corinth ready. And it's hard, you know, he gets down there, tries to share the gospel in the synagogue. This happens, and when they opposed him and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Like, I'm done. I'm done. It's interesting that, like, the very next verse, if you, you read it, so that's verse 6, uh, he goes to a house next door, Titus Justus, worshiper of God, and then verse 8, Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, <laughs> believed in the Lord. It's like, Paul, you gave up a little too early. The ruler of the synagogue is going to put his faith in Christ. He was getting discouraged, and maybe he was taking his eyes off this truth that God is a God of mission who goes before us. He's so discouraged, Jesus shows up. Like, it must have been bad if Jesus had to show up to encourage Paul. It says this in verses 9 through 10. It says, And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid. But go on speaking, and do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. Paul's gotten chased out of cities. There's been riots, stonings, so of course, maybe he's a little gun-shy. So Jesus appears to him and says, do not be afraid, and do not be silent. So that's what often what fear does to mission, right? Fear silences mission. Fear silences us from being missionaries. And the solution is Jesus, is the presence of God, is getting in touch and knowing and praying and receiving and abiding in the love of the first missionary. And so if you struggle to share your faith, we're not primarily talking about us this morning, but if if, if we do struggle, then it's like abide in the missionary, <laughs> abide in Christ. And there are two things I kind of want us to get. And the first thing is that he is the God who goes before us. And in, in, a, in a verse he says, in this verse he says, for I have many in this city who are my people. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Jesus says, I have many people who are, who are in this city who are my people. Those people have not yet become Christians. Those people have not yet put their faith in Christ, and yet Jesus says, they're my people. you got to keep talking because I'm going to bring them to me. I think that's fascinating because it, it says, like, Paul's job is not to make conversions. And in that sense, this whole critique of, like, 
going out and converting people is correct. Our job's not to make converts. That's God's job. Our job is to keep speaking, to keep encouraging those who do speak, to be a Paul, to be a Priscilla, to be an Aquila. So this, this synagogue leader comes to faith in Christ. Titus Justice, Titus Justice comes to faith in Christ. And at the end of this story, you know, Paul gets drag, dragged before this ruler. And even before the trial starts, like Paul's gearing up to give a sermon. He's excited. He's going to give a public presentation of the gospel. And Jesus told him he's not going to get beaten, so this will go well. But before he even gets started... The, the governor says, ah, this is a, just about your religious mumbo-jumbo. We're done. And then the crowd, it's not exactly cl- clear if this is the Jews or the Gentiles, but they attack Sosthenes, beat him, and punish him. The ruler of the synagogue, kind of the one in charge. I actually think Sosthenes came to know the Lord because if you look at the letter of 1 Corinthians, the very first verse, Paul addresses Sosthenes. Now we don't know if they're the same Sosthenes, but I think they are. I think they actually attacked this other guy because they couldn't attack Paul. And then when Paul writes the letter of Corinthians, he remembers the price that Sosthenes paid. We'll find out in eternity. But just shows that God is going before. These people are coming to faith in Christ. God is preparing their hearts. This is called divine initiation. The God initiates hearts. Another way of saying it is the propriata evangelical. The preparation to the good news. And this this is the idea that before you and I ever share the gospel, before Adoniram Judson arrives on the shores of Burma, before uh, Thierry uh, goes into Aix-les-Bains, before you guys go down to Haiti, God's already there. God's already working in people's hearts. God's always already preparing them through their life experiences, through the people they are coming in contact with to, to hear the gospel and to come to faith. This does not mean that everyone's going to come to faith, but it means that Christ's people are going to come to faith. The people in the city that he wants to draw to himself. And so this should be incredibly encouraging that we can trust that our missionary efforts will be successful. See, the wrong response is to say, oh, Jesus is doing it all. I don't have to do anything. That's the wrong response. No, Jesus likes to work through his church, through his people. The right response is to say, oh, I can be confident and hopeful. I don't have to be afraid because Jesus is going before. And this is something that needs to sink into our hearts. This needs to sink into my heart. And we can all pray if we don't really believe this or if we wrestle with it, Lord, would you align my, 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 my emotions with kind of what I believe about you, with my theology? But we can believe that God will do great things through the missions that we support as a church, the things we fund, you know, we give a portion of our budget for that. I think we're up around 7% or will be. Like, we can, we can take joy in that. Like, we're supporting what God is doing. God's going to do great things. And we don't always get to see those things. Sometimes God uses you to be the one who goes before to help someone so that someone else can come along 
and kind of reap the harvest. Monica was telling me about one of her students. I don't know if, if you know this, but Monica teaches uh, like Christian thought and New Testament survey at Bradford Christian Academy uh, up in Haverhill. I guess it's Lawrence now. That's right. Uh, new location. Thank you. Uh, uh, and um, she was just telling me that like one of her students a couple years ago was like really, really difficult. It was just difficult in class, um, arguing, you know, uh, debating. Uh, didn't believe, didn't really want to be there. Only was there for one year, and uh, it was just like, oh, okay, Lord. This person came into my life for a year. I tried to teach them the Bible, and then they left. Uh, and that was the end of the story, or so she thought. Because last year, he went out of his way to come back to Bradford Christian Academy to find Monica and be like, I don't know if you remembered me. She's like, yeah, I did. This wasn't that long ago. And say, like, your class helped prepare me to get me to where I needed to be so that then in this next stage of life, I came to faith in Christ. I came to know Jesus. And he shared his testimony with the school. God was working through Monica. He was going before. He was preparing this kid's heart so that he would come to know Jesus, but Monica didn't get to be the one who converted her. That's God. God was doing that. She was just trying to make a disciple. I believe discipleship starts before conversion. And we say, hey, come, follow Jesus. Learn what that means. Let's read the Bible. Let's wrestle. Our God is a God of mission. He goes before us, and he walks with us, walks alongside us. Verses 9 through 10 say this, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. I don't want us to like skip over that. I'm with you, Paul. I'm with you, Andy. I'm with you, Carrie. I'm with you, Alan. I'm with you, Claudia. I'm with you, McKenna. Jesus is with you. He's with our missionaries. He's walking with us so that as we do ministry on our front lines or in Westford or in Haiti, he's going before us. He's walking with us. And this is what makes the mission possible. And this is also a little bit of a kind of a correction to say, like, I'm not going to get consumed by the mission Sky Jafani, he defines missionalism this way. The belief that the worth of one's life is determined by the achievement of a great goal started by God. <laughs> right? I'm not going to waste my life for Jesus. I'm going to use my life for Jesus. It's all I'm going to think about, and I'm going to stress out about it. We can actually kind of get consumed by the mission. That we're so focused on what we can achieve for God, we forget to simply be with God. And that's something that I wrestle with and maybe you wrestle with. Christians are not called to be the great producers of the, com of the commodity called like new believers. We're called to walk with God, to, to know God, to be known by God. And out of that, as we get to know God's heart, for the lost, it'll shape us, it'll shape our hearts. 
and it'll change how we interact with others. I'm so grateful that, like, I'm just thinking of Diana. Right? We just did this spiritual gifts survey. One of your gifts is evangelism. And I'm just so grateful that we have people in our church who are already modeling this for us, right? Who are sharing Christ with relatives who are sick and just, like, unafraid. <laughs> That's such an encouragement, right? And then God gives us you know, he gives us each other so we can experience his love. And he gives us himself so that we like, you know, that, that, that desire to do evangelism. I, I'm just going to, I didn't run any of this by you, Diana. It, clearly that desire does not come from a place of like I'm trying to achieve for God. That's coming from a place of like I know Jesus and I want my family and those I love to know Jesus too. That's what it means to like walk with Jesus, walk with God. Trust that he's going before, that he is doing something, that he is on mission. And we're just tagging along. Like one of those, it was like, you know, like those motorcycles that have the little caboose on the side. Like you're in the caboose. God is driving the motorcycle. You're going down the highway. It's scary. Our God is a God of mission. He goes before us and he walks with us. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are a God of mission and you're taking us where you want us. Help us to just get in beat with your heart. When our hearts want what your heart wants. Would our heart beat for the lost like your heart does? Lord, we don't want to just be a church that gets lots of conversions. Lord, we want to make disciples. We want to do what Matthew 28 calls us to do. Would you help us do that? Help us as a church body do that, using our giftings, our different giftings, and how you've brought us together. And Lord, would we be a church that sends missionaries out into the world? Would we be a sending church just like you're a sending God? And we thank you for Jesus, the first missionary. It's in his name of Jesus we pray. Amen.